myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words then maybe it's not Good evening, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Ray. It is Friday and the weekend starts here. Two hours of the three amigos and joining me to start with, I've got Keith Patterson and Mitch. Hello. How are you lads, you okay? Brilliant. Brilliant. Good to see you. Steve Hasty will be joining us uh, a little bit later and uh, Joe hopefully will be joining us in, uh, in, in the flesh. If not, he'll be sending an email, he says. So uh, things picking up at work for him. Uh, as always... We started off with a couple of topics and we got a question sent via Twitter from Lee this afternoon and he said, I've got a question for you all to discuss if you've got time tonight or possibly on the professional show. So we'll do it tonight, Lee. He says, are Newcastle United now being considered a credible threat to the European slots in the league and the so-called big six teams? As we currently sit in fourth spot in the league after a great team performance against Spurs and the stuttering form of other so-called big teams, there has been an increase in media hype about Newcastle United Football Club as it's a new plotline for them to spin. However, there is also the media sun plot of attempting to undermine the club with the stories of bigger clubs, and I use this term very lightly, that are wanting to take our best players. For example, Bruno, the usual suspects. Botman to Man City, and they put down the rest of the team as average squad players. This is also coupled with a lack of credit shown to Eddie Howe and the coaching team in this calendar year. My opinion is that we need to circle the wagons as a club once the last four games are played and then prepare for the restart with a bang. With potential new signings identified, another Newcastle United statement signing to show intent multi-sponsorship deal across all aspects of the club to counter the current chatter going on and change the narrative with the so-called big clubs and also clubs across Europe that a new force has entered the football elite and we are here to stay. Happy for you to share this with the guys um, and although I'd imagine Keith or Stu could talk all night about this. Cheers, Lee. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Lee. Um, I'm just going to go and have a lie down. Uh, <laughs> Hey, good, good. It's laughable, isn't it? Isn't it? Laughable? I mean, the professionals this week, it was similar, it's, it was similar vein. It's, but it's, um, it's, it's, what do you want to hear of this week's developments? I know you've been aware and doing business. I think, I think, um, I think you've first got to look at who's starting to come round our side of thinking. So you've got people um, that's been totally anti-Newcastle and they all come in on side now and say, look, I've made a mistake. I think I'll... everyone's yeah. admitting that Eddie Howe's doing a better job than what they give him credit for. So that's the first thing. The second thing they start to say is the average players we got, who they tortured us for, like Dan Byrne, are actually good players. So they now talk about him getting in the England squad and things like that. So, and all of a sudden, Callum Wilson, you know, I was listening to Les Ferdinand the other night, and he's always been a supporter of us, but he, he gives people like Callum Wilson genuine, some genuine chance to get to the World Cup. But when you talk about these people, look, they're not unsettling anything. If they think they're unsettling us, all they're doing is giving us a big tick in a box that we're doing well and we're doing exactly what they're doing us to do because there isn't no way in the history of Crochet is, is Bruno Gomeris going anywhere. Full stop. He isn't going to Real Madrid and he's not going to some poxy team in the Premiership. And none of them could afford him and he isn't going. And the reason he's not going is because he didn't want to go. That's the first thing. 
The second reason is because they couldn't afford them. And the third reason is because our owners want to build something, not destroy something. The days of selling Jimmer, Gascoigne, Beardsley, and, and, and Waddle, Fernand, the whole, you can keep, you can keep on naming them. Anybody we had that was good got sold. Them days have gone. They don't exist on Tyneside anymore. So if the other teams are stupid enough to, to do this, then what difference does it make to us? It's, it's like somebody looking at your missus the day she comes out the wedding and says, but she's fit. Well, she just got married. You know what I mean? So, and that's what Bruno's just doing. He's just married himself to Tyneside. He's just decided. I mean, if you had two people sat in a room tomorrow and they were having a beer and it was Paquetta and Bruno, who do you think would be the happiest? Bruno at Newcastle or Paquetta at West Ham? There's no comparison. Paquetta's had a fairly decent start, looks like a player. Bruno's had an unbelievable start. And he says he just can't believe his life. But if these people think they're unsettling us, wait till January. Wait till, you know, the rumours that's afoot is that Madison's going to, was it, was it this week, Neil? Is he going Tottenham. to Tottenham? Tottenham. Tottenham. Uh, and Son is going to Liverpool. Um, so, you know, and they're just all picking away. It wouldn't surprise me if, for example, Madison didn't still come to Newcastle. It wouldn't surprise me if a couple of our players were targeted, but I don't think any of them will go. The only people that leave Newcastle now is people who Newcastle want to leave Newcastle. And that's the difference. And if, if clubs can't get their minds around that, then the Eagles are going to get severely dented because they're not going to get what they think they're going to get. They're going to get a different Newcastle. And so, so people say to me, you know what, I can see Real Madrid taking Gomez for 100 million. I couldn't. I couldn't say them take 150 million. I just don't see Bruno. I, I just think if you take him out the squad, you'd be like taking Trippier out. You know, Trippier's 32 year old, but but these people have a massive value to the club and the structure that we're building. So I, I get the I get the point of the tweet, and I think the question the lads asks brilliant. I think it's a great question, but. The reality of it is nobody but nobody is unsettling us. All they're doing is paying up our backs and telling us, by Christ, you've bought some good players. And, and they're actually telling us now that the great players we knew we had, who they all said were average squad players, are actually international level. And, and you know, if you want to stop and, 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 and look over the last... You know, I'm sorry I wasn't here last week, but I had a lot of things in my mind that, that I could have... that I'd love to have joined in with. But one of them is that that we, you know, I went to Spurs, and and I wasn't overly worried that St. Maxim wasn't in the team, and 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 whilst whilst don't get us wrong, whilst in the second half at Everton, if St. Maxim had been there, he would have kept them busy at the back end and chewed on and kept them in their own half. I, I still thought whoever Eddie puts out would be enough to to have a right good crack at Spurs, like they did against Man City in the first sixty minutes. Like we did against Liverpool away, and like we did against Man United away. So then, then days are gone. You know, the days, if anybody thinks they haven't gone, you'll just have to be patient and wait until you realise they have. But the days in your castle, not having a pop at teams, is history because that's the style we know we play. And, and these press people, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for, for the three biggies, Mr. Holt and, and, uh, the one with the fancy surname, I'm waiting for them to come forward and admit they're wrong. But they're so staunch, again, you know, supporting like some Man United and slaughtering us that, that they don't want 
to give us any credit. And they still want to slaughter the fact that we've taken Saudi money. But that changed this week. You know, you, you saw an article I put out, had 350 likes on it, where <laughs> everybody's got the Saudi money now. It looks like it looks like we've just got a little bit more. And and, and that point on its own, that point where where you know Saudis are, are financially tied into behind sports, the biggest batter of the Premier League is gonna ruin all the banter about journalists and blood money and all the rest of it because the, the the reality is the Saudis funds are so great they'll be involved in football at many, many different levels, many different competitions without you knowing will be funded by the Saudi PIF fund. And, and, and that's just a fact of life and, and people have to get used to it. So where we've took abuse for months on end, I think, oh, that's come to halt as well. You know, the, 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 the slaughtering of us for taking, selling our souls. Can you remember in Middlesbrough, put the banner up saying we sold our soul, souls and the, two weeks later, they took 600 million on one deal and then they'll take the billion on the second deal. That's the same people that said we sold our souls. We took 300 million, by the way. So, so people just, Newcastle fans just need to laugh, watch and wait. The rest of football needs to shut up. Mitch, your thoughts on it? Look, at it, to touch on what Keith just said about that, but Saudi getting involved would be, and it wouldn't surprise me to see the next stage, PAF buying a significant stake and be in sports, and then that'll really put the cat amongst the pigeons. And yeah. it, it, for me, it's the logical next step. Yeah. And... Um, people have got to understand the United Gulf is an economic powerhouse that scares the world. Mm. And we're part of it. We're part of it. And that's why the amount of people who use PIF is the bogeyman. And I'll come to that in a little bit. Um, we've seen a little bit of that this week. We've seen a little bit of it last season. I mean, to come back to Lee's question, I, I wrote a few little keywords down while you were reading it all out because I've had it today to think about how we handled that one. Um, are we a credible threat? Well, yes, look at the league table. And what makes that even more credible is if you take what calendar year form and then project that onto the rest of the season, um, it'll not just be top four, it'll be, be pushed. That's, that's not arrogance, that's not daydreaming, that's reality. If we continue the calendar year form forward at the end of this season, it will be talking second or third. And that's reality. That's just to crunch numbers. Um, so are the clubs threatened by us? Yes. Is there an agenda across the media? Not necessarily. However, clubs do use the media. And I'll tell you, the best example was last year. When the news broke that Everton were going to be pulled up about the, the, the Usmanov money, a reporter in Liverpool released an article saying the USM company that was being pulled up wasn't the one that sponsored Everton. It was a different company that he was involved with. Oh, and PIF were involved with that company as well. Well, that turned out to be utter bullshit. There was no secondary company. There was only the one, and that was the one that they had to then pull the training ground signs down from and pull the shirt sponsorship off and pull the stadium deal off. But they, they were using PIF as a distraction and as the bogeyman, as the person in the background that you want to be scared of. And now it's not the bogeyman anymore. It's somebody who um, they're going to have to get used to being around because it's their money they're going to be taking in, in due course. Um, there's been some terrible articles written in the last uh, sort of 10 days, to be honest with you. Some of them absolutely strewn 
with glare and personal agenda. And it does make you wonder how some people get away with some of the things that are right when they're not even coming at it from a football angle. It's just a personal issue. And that's that's wrong as well. Um, with regards to Eddie Howe getting credit, yeah, he's now getting credit. But I love what he's doing. He's making sure the media are also right. You need to praise these players for what they have done as well. And shows time and time again, he's not just prepared to sit there and take the plaudits. He's going to reflect it back on the squad and give them the credit that you. And that's all part of fostering that togetherness that we have. Um, and, and that comes from the very top. That's his man management. That's the way he's got everybody. Um, it bought in his way of thinking and his way of doing things. Fascinating listening to some of the sound bites from him this week about watching um, football with the commentary off. So he doesn't let the commentator's thoughts interfere with his own thoughts and things like that. I mean, that's someone who's gone to the nth degree of analysis and backing himself to, to, to do things his way. And the club and the squad are all in on it. And, and so, yeah, are we a credible threat to the, to the big six? We already are. Look at the league table. And I think a lot of this is panic and a lot of this is people scrambling around. Um, yeah, they can read stories that they're interested in in buying Bruno. You know what? I'm interested in getting in a bath boy with Kylie Minogue, but I'm not con- convinced it's going to happen. You should uh, be so lucky, Mitch. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Thank you. I'll set them up and you'll knock them away, my friend. Um, you know, it, 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 you can talk a lot through the press and use the press context to put things out. But the reality is, is it's not going to happen. And so... We are in a position to grow and go forward and we're setting ourselves up really, really well. And Eddie's working the squad really well and the players are all in and everybody's in it together and we've got their backs and they've got our backs and the club overall are doing really good things all over the place. And actually, they're also prepared to put their hands up when they make a bollock, when they drop a bollock. They're prepared to do that now. Never used to be. And so, you know, let, let's just enjoy... The fact there's lots of green eyes looking towards Townside at the moment. Yeah, there is. And uh, yeah, Benny uh, mentions that. It was great. I mean, I, I do now uh, do a review of Eddie Howe's press conferences just to, to stop you all having to listen to half an hour of uh, the chat. I know some of you will have time. Some of you don't, though. So if you check it out, uh, a 10-minute appraisal gives you a full insight into it. Uh, Watch it after the show. Uh, but yeah, it was a brilliant insight from Howe earlier, watching games with a commentary off because he doesn't like to divert from his own thoughts, he said, Benny, uh, which I thought was very, very good. He's great, man. Great in the press conference. Absolutely fantastic. OK, well, I've got other talking points. Um, I'm going to go with this one because it's player-related rather than political-minded. Uh, uh, NUFC Jordy says, question for the show. When Trivia retires from playing, do you think he'll stay on the club as a coach or maybe uh, could he be a future manager, Keith? Mm. It, it, I mean, it's a thought. I, I watched the Daily Mirror Awards last night on telly and um, he was sat there with his with his partner and he was, he's, he, I, said, I said to my missus, he's 32-year-old in and he doesn't look his age. He certainly doesn't play his age. But when you think about it, if you said somebody was 32, you'd talk, be talking about replacing him. But I think he'll be at the very top for a couple of years at least. I think I think he's got two or three years still of great football in him. Um, but character-wise, he epitomises everything that is this project. And he, he supports and backs Eddie Howe to an enormous extent. I think the only little bit of 
if I could change anything as a fan, it would have been to give him the full captain's jersey this year because I understand the thing about keeping squad morale together and, and, and leaving Lascelles as captain. But I think we've passed that where, you know, the, nobody's bigger than the club. And I think Trippi has done enough to, to warrant, you know, he's on the pitch um, as a starter. And I think your captain should be starting every week. I know he gets the band, but I think as club captain, I think he's, he's more than ready. Um, but, but as a player, I'm certain when you hear what he's brought to the players, I'm certain he'd be a great coach. Um, but the old saying says a lot of great players aren't great managers. Hence, look no further than Bobby Charlton and, and co. So, if, if that's the case, I don't know what he'll do. I don't know whether he'll be an articulate presenter, like the Shearer kind of mantra, or whether he'll get a job at Newcastle. But I can't imagine him not being offered a job at Newcastle. But to be selfish, I don't want to think about that now. I want to watch these two to three years with him playing at the very top because... I, I don't think somebody said to us the other day if you look at your best ever fullback, you know, Newcastle 11, who would you pick? And I said, Trippier would get the right back. And I loved, you know, hands in the air, I loved Barry Venison. You know, I just thought there was nobody like Barry Venison. I just, just the way that bloke went about taking people out was, you know, slapped everyone, which is brilliant. But Trippier's distribution of the ball, Trippier's, Trippier's ability to move a ball in the top corner of a net. At tricky times in the game, he's, he's corners, he's everything really. And and I hope he doesn't slow down. I hope he doesn't get the time where he gets skinned. But I think he's a brilliant footballer, long may it last. But I think he'd equally be brilliant for Newcastle. And I think he's too great to lose. I mean, I'd hate to think he got the offer to go to Bolton or something as a manager and took some like that. I hope that Newcastle become a big enough establishment to give him a job as big as he wants. Yeah, Mitch, I think, um, you know, he's made a hell of an impression already. Uh, Trippier, just his attitude, his commitment, the way that he plays, uh, his goals over the wall and under it. Um, what, what's what's your take on him you well, know, prolonging a stay at Newcastle and being part of the furniture? A bit like the boot room at Liverpool used to be in the look, 70s. Look at what he did when he was injured. And the management team allowed him to, i.e. they wanted him there, Yeah, to come along on his crutches. Yeah. and do everything he was doing. Um, that, to me, says a lot. Eddie Howe appoints his people very, very carefully. The goalkeeping appointments he's made recently, very, um, one of them in particular, out of the blue. And he's obviously picks people, again, it's this no dickheads policy. He wants people of a certain character. We also add what we hear about what Trippier has done since he arrived at the club. ESM's come under his wing. Apparently, he fettled Isaac after every three days through the door about something he did with his attitude. Um, and that was the end of that. Um, is he part of making Miggy better? Well, who better to have sitting behind you than somebody like that? Aye. His character and desire are second to none. He's a changed person since he come back from Atletico for me. I think he's taking in everything he's seen doing stuff with uh, uh, Simeone. And by gosh, has he nurtured that? Would I want him in the dressing room when he retires playing? Aye. Because he seems like he also gets it. He gets what's going on. Yeah. And he hasn't been here five minutes. And for me, it doesn't matter about whether he's 
club captain, blah de blah de blah. It looks like he's always going to keep the ban because I don't need to give the ban to the cells last time the cells came on anyway. Um, everybody knows. I, I think one of the the key for us at the minute is we've got leaders all over the pitch. Mm. Callum Wilson up front. He is another one who could wear the armbands and has worn the armband quite happily. You know, it, Bruno just leads by example. Um, so you could pick people all over the pitch and you could stick the armband on. I don't think it actually matters because we've got so many leaders in the starting 11, no matter which 11 he picks. So, yeah, you know, I, I think it, it looks rosy. And would I like to have him to look to create a group room kind of a style thing where he's part of the fixtures and fittings? Um, who else wouldn't you want to do than that? Because he is, he's absolutely a leader in men. Yeah, 100%. Great. Uh, can, I, can, I, can I also touch on something uh, uh, was it Michael J said about the Dubai Mags and Riyadh? Oh, yes. We're, we're actually just literally talking about that. We've set up um, some new social media platforms on Insta and on Twitter. Um, so if the Twitter one gets a bit sweary, you know it's me, not control with it. That's probably not a good idea, but never mind. Um, yeah. We've been speaking on a WhatsApp group that we've got about numbers already. We're going to talk at the weekend when we've got everybody done for the match at the weekend. Yes, it could be 100. Um, we're actually, we've already spoken to Fly Dubai about putting the charter flight on as well, potentially. If the numbers are enough, they will do us a good deal. And if, if there's that's, any bear, that's if the there's, bottom line. If there's any Burns watching tonight, the, the reference, there's no dickhead policy. That doesn't exist, by the way. That's just a phrase. <laughs> somebody, somebody phoned up saying, where's that come from? That was bigger than that. No dickheads, Fozzie. I thought, what a, what a short way to sum something up. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah what, what we're working on is basically, and if, if you watch the social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter and on, on the Facebook group, we'll, we'll get some info out about trips to Riyadh as soon as we've got a few numbers together and then we'll get some numbers off a of fly to buy about what they'll do with flight full fit. People quite, like no people quite like the no dickheads policy, actually, because Sam put, tweeted this, I think we all saw this, he went, Hi, Steve, request for Mitch the gobshade Jordy to be given the opportunity to predict the score as well as the throw of the dice. He says, we get some good crack of him, so please let him predict some bell-end or budgie smuggling scores along with the rest of the amigos. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I will do that at the end of the show, but it does show that uh, people do I like have got the dice for the all right, oh, brilliant, brilliant. you can predict it as well, which is great. But um, yeah, great to hear that there's going to be a big contingency of the lads going over. Like that's fantastic. Like so, uh, you know, give give the, give the lads the support. Uh, as always, we have plenty uh, coming up on the show. Steve Hasty, as I say, will be joining us. Uh, traffic permitting, Joe will be uh, jumping on as well. Uh, but we've also got some of our regular features. So here is the day I met. <laughs> The day I met where I ask you to send in photographs of you meeting people from Newcastle United. Could be players, could be staff, could be managers, could be ex-players, staff or managers. Ian, send me these beauties. Uh, what a partnership that is with him in the middle uh, and uh, Alan Shearer and Les Ferdinand either side. Uh, on this one, he's gone goalkeepers. Uh, Steve Arbat and Shea Given um, and uh, another 
great photograph for your collection, that one. And this one, uh, Sir Les again, Andy Cole and Mickey Quinn crossing across the eras there uh, quite suitably. Some great photos and some great memories from some great nights. Uh, keep those photos coming in and I will feature them on the show. <laughs> Byron is the stadium announcer, has been for, for quite some time now, 24 years I think, he celebrated the anniversary at the last home game. Um, Rob's a good friend of mine and I do uh, like to follow him on social media. Uh, he put this up this week, the match announcer DJ at Spurs yesterday apparently thought he was being hilarious by spinning discs with the titles referring to money, i.e. dirty cash, money for nothing, etc. As a reference to the not-so-recent takeover, Saudi takeover at Newcastle. And in reply, just like down at Southampton last season, when their half-wit DJ did exactly the same, we stuck it up them. As a tune support, I was heard to say, we're so lucky to have such a professional and intelligent man in that position at our club who would never resort to such pathetic and singularly unfunny tactics. How are the lads? Keep on doing what you're doing, Rob. Absolutely brilliant, mate. Uh, always love listening to his uh, uh, tunes uh, pre-match, half-time and after the game. Absolutely brilliant. And he's part of the reason I know War Flags get a lot of praise, uh, but the music helps as well. And Rob is the man who selects the music at the ground. It's all part of a wonderful team effort. OK, uh, next topic is from Clark Coulson. He says, can you ask this on tonight's Three Amigos? Do you worry about our players getting burnt out due to our high press? energy levels as the season goes on. We look tired second half of the last two games, although handled it very well. Okay, Clark, I only went for the first part because we've already discussed the second part of your question. So, Keith, um, Eddie Howe pointed out in his press conference today that he felt after Spurs scored, Newcastle did well. He was he's, That was the most pleasing part of the performance. They didn't cave in. They, you know, they kept their shape. They kept the kept doing the jobs and they came out with the, with the three points and rightly so. Um, but do you worry about burnout um, at, at all? No, I don't worry about burnout. What I worry about is squad size. Um, hello, mate. How are you doing? Uh, Even Joe. Even so Joe. so what, I wo- what I worry about is I worry about... Um, when I, when I went to Spurs, I was I had to behave myself because I was sat like next to the director's box and um, I was taken as a guest and, and you were talking to a lot of Spurs fans. And, you know, they put their point forward. They were very, very, very up for the game. They said this. I mean, there was a lot of pre-match. I didn't realise until I went to Spurs that some of that, or when the Spurs come marching in, there's like a tune playing in the background. It's actually not fan-generated. That's generated by background music as well. So when I heard that, I thought, oh, Christ, this isn't, this isn't like our ground is. And, and then we got talking. They says, where do you think Newcastle's weak? And I said, in the second half. I said, I just don't think we've got the squad right now that we're going to have. I think we'll strengthen the squad. And I said, when we bring players on, you know, often we bring players on and we take players off. So if you take Joe Linton and, say, Bruno off that pitch, it's very hard to bring two equals back on. And it's, it's very hard to bring somebody that creates the time that Bruno brings. It's so hard to get somebody that's going to put himself around and win possession like, like Joe Litton does. So 
we'll talk to their fans, trying to be sensible, because they were buying the beer. And, and you, you're sort of trying to give them, I said, to be fair, if it's nil-nil at half-time, I'll be more worried for Newcastle. If, if we get beat at half-time, I'll be very worried. And uh, so anyway, 2 nil up. And the bloke sat next to me and he said, well, and what do you think now? And I said, I says, I wish it was 90 minutes. And I says, I just hope you don't score early on because it says it'll be a game of pressure. And that's not because I worry about burnout. It's because I recognise that Eddie Howe's percentage figures are up, that he has a massive playing on the front foot and getting in people's faces. But it's very hard to maintain that over a full game. And so if you look at the games we played in, I think at Man United, we butchered them in the first half and the second half they were at us more. And I think when we came off at Man United, I thought we shattered. You know, I thought we were absolutely worn out. When we played Everton, I thought, again, we butchered them in the first half, but in the second half, I th- you know, we looked at each other, sat with John, and I said, you know, you could, you could concede. You know what I mean? It, 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 even though we're loving what's happening, if we've got a weakness, it's, we go off at 100 miles an hour, and it's very hard to maintain that. But the other thing that people haven't picked up on is it's hard to maintain it when those people that are great retaining possession get rested. So if, you, you know, if you've got Wilson up front, you take him off. It's a different front line. You're not going to get the same intensity from, say, Chris Wood that you get from Wilson. Wilson's on the shoulder and he's, his speed is such that he keeps people really on edge. And, and so you've got to rest people like Wilson and you've got to use our squad as we do. But I think as we buy in January and more so next summer, I think the intensity will be maintained more over 90 minutes. But I think, I think anybody watching Newcastle over, the, over the, the last six games even, will say that we are much more in your faces, on your front feet, in the first half than the second. And you could put that down to tightness. You could put it down to they're ahead and so they're defending a lead. Or you could put it down to we don't have a squad deep enough. But I, I think we'd be wrong to stop pressing people hard like we are. Because I think it's hugely successful. It's great to watch. Uh, but I think there is a recognition. I think the point the lad makes is very valid, is that it's bloody hard to get in people's faces for 90 minutes. And it's, I think it's harder to get in people's faces when you're defending leads. Happy birthday to Kevin Chilvers. I'm sure all the lads will join us in wishing you a happy 30th. Yeah. Well happy done, birthday. Well done, How Kevin. Old? Kevin, a regular contributor to Joe's show and my show on a Monday night, a Monday club. Look forward to catching up with you on Monday. Uh, go on, the Mitch. Your your take on um, the, the latest question. I think the, the easy answer is keep hitting the nail on the head about squad depth. The way we play, we need a, a, a bit more squad depth to allow that to go on for ninety minutes in every game. Yeah. Um, if you take, for example, Shelby, Isaac, Wilson, and ESM, and add the games they've missed this season up. Yeah. Yeah. And take those minutes out of the legs of everybody else. Yeah. How different would it be? And so, therefore, we've been deprived of those players for a good chunk of this first part of the season put together in totality. Take those minutes out the legs of everybody else, I think would look very different at the minute. And I think that's why people are concerned about the World Cup coming at this time when we're on a roll. I actually think it's probably coming at a good time because we've got time to work on the squad, work on the fitness. Eddie Howe's been talking about doing a little pre-season to make sure everybody's fully fit going into the second half of the season, etc., etc. I mean, Joe Willett must be an inch and a half shorter than he was at the start of the season, if you think about the amount of ground he's covered. 
you know, he's put some bloody shifts in that kid. Um, and at one point, was the only player who played every bloody minute of every game. Um, I mean, that says a lot about his engine. And I don't care that he's not getting the goals he probably deserves out of that because he's making a difference. And one of the differences he's making is he's keeping that high press in that team right up to the last minute he possibly can. And even go back to last season when he made that run down the left-hand side that got the cross in for Bruno's header against Leicester. That was him running his bloody legs off for 80 minutes plus. And so I think if you balance it out, if we've been a bit luckier with injuries, you know, we've been deprived of craft probably till almost the end of the season. We haven't been particularly lucky with it all. Um, the only place we've got a a real luxury of 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 choice at the minute is at centre back. And who said? Who thought we'd ever say that? Yeah. Um, you know. And and but at the same time, he doesn't want to mess around with it too much because again, history's shown already this season when we conceded that goal against Brentford, that was because he'd already made about five changes and people who were coming on weren't at the same level as the people he brought off because they just weren't into the game yet. And so um, this, a couple of signings in January will make a massive difference along with players returning from injury. So can we then continue that high-press game at the end of the season with a deeper squad and with people returning from injury? Absolutely. I've got no doubt about that. We're way fitter than we were under the previous manager. We know this. If, if we've Max, got the stats to prove it. If Maxi had been on against seven in the second half, I think him on him on him on his own running their players yes. would, would would have drove them further back. You know what I mean? Would it put them if, if we'd had it made if we'd had more options against Brentford and Fulham yeah. would have been five and four goals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Particularly against Brentford, I think would have would have creamed them even further. Uh, yeah. uh, and I think we in the combination of injury uh, and just that little bit light depth in the squad is what's deprived we a little bit. And that's why I think we do look a little bit jaded at times. But if right. you think this, there's probably like, well, like I say, have the games they have missed up and put them in, take those minutes out with everybody else's legs, I think we'd be looking at a different squad. Joe, uh, do you think the high press is going to affect Newcastle moving forward? I mean, my answer to it was simply no. I just don't think it will. I think as, as we improve each window as well, um, you know, hopefully develop some of the young players that we've brought in, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. We mentioned this a little while ago, didn't we? I, I can't remember if it was on the Amigos or but, but I agree. I mean, is he all right there? What's he doing? I don't know because uh, his microphone is clearly next to his next to himself. We went up with a load of noise there. Scratching summer, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> this, I believe he's uh, sitting in budgie smugglers now. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you all right, Mr. Mitchell? You're all nervous, you're all nervous now. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it, didn't we? And and, and to pick up the point in, in the question, yes, Newcastle do look tired, admittedly, you know, but. The lads are running themselves into the floor, aren't they? I mean, you talk at them, you know, uh, Bruno. Bruno had no legs left in for the Tottenham game. Joe Willock, as as, as Mitch mentioned, um, 
you know, Callum Wilson's not stopping that. My heart's always in my mouth when he goes charging, chasing things down because I'm waiting for his hamstring to go. Um, and look at the ground that the likes of Joe Linton are putting in, um, you know, and Miguel Almiron. I mean, there's no wonder that lad can't last 90 minutes. He's, he's up and down like an absolute greyhound, isn't he? So, but listen, uh, you know, Mitch at the nail on the head. There's something about if this was, if you'd have asked us this this question 12 months ago, Steve, we wouldn't have even been talking about the pressing game because not only would we have had the coaching nows to do it, but we wouldn't have had the fitness levels to do it. So yes, Eddie Howe, you know, masterful tactician, um, is seems to be getting it right. Wonderful coach in terms of bringing individual players on. But there has to be a lot said about the general fitness as well. And I think once the training grounds, um, uh, you know, fully finished, because I'm guessing we're impacted, you know, there's building work going on at the training ground. Uh, we'll do some high intensity hot weather work in, 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 in Saudi Arabia, won't we? And then when the training ground gets done in a few years time, Darren Eels is talking about another training ground. You know, we're investing in new physiotherapists. I'm sure Eddie Howe's brought a, a, a very high caliber of, 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 um, you know, kind of nutritionalists in and, con you know, conditioning coaches and all the rest of it. So, yeah, the press won't be a problem. It doesn't appear to be a problem for teams like Manchester City. Barcelona did it better than anyone else in the world for years uh, with an ageing team as well. So I think if we get the fitness right, if we continue to add to the squad, yes, Keith's dead right. Um, bring Sam Maximan on against teams like Everton and, and we, we it's a completely different um, ball game, isn't it? Um, Shelby's coming back to fitness, you know, Isaac will be back. So all of a sudden, even if we are pressing and we are continuing to work really, really hard, we say time and time again, it's nice to start to look at that bench now and say, do you know what, even if Miggy is running himself into the floor, we can bring a £64 million forward on. And we haven't been able to say that for years, have we? So long, mate, continue. Yeah, great stuff. 100% uh, I would agree. Um, lots of comments coming in, lots of questions. We will, as always, try to get to uh, as many as I can. Julie, uh, one of our mods, uh, has asked a question. What do you think about the uh, formerly relevant Richard Keyes suggesting that we should move our training facilities, not just anywhere, but to London, Keith? Um, I've got to be honest, mate. Uh, Eddie Howe addressed this uh, quite well again, as he always does at these press conferences today. He said, I never heard that. Um, so he just swerved it completely and just said essentially that he, he loves being in Newcastle, he loves the area, he loves the city um, and everything that uh, is here should remain here. That's more or less what he said, but didn't get drawn into any stupid battles with that man who just likes to clickbait. My my answer is the man's totally pissed. Um, <laughs> he, he, just, he just, you know, it's like... It's like him and Andy Gray need to put their heads together and build a wooden hut. Because you, you can't, you wonder how people be born so stupid or do they develop it? You know, do you go to a, you know, grow stupidity school? Because what on earth gives a bloke so many thousand pounds a week to sit in a football studio hmm. and tell the door and Tyneside public that you should. Get your football club. Wait 20 years for you start competing again. And when you do, all your players don't want to live in your shitty city because what they'll do is they'll all move to London and come on the train because it suits them. You know what I tell someone? Well, I tell somebody who wanted to do that, to do what Richard K should be told. Go away, silly little boy. Crawl back under the rock you came out of. Newcastle don't need you. And we don't want any players that don't want to live on Tyneside. 
And we don't want any players to miss out on the beauty of Northumberland and to come down, say, the warmth in Durham. We want people who want to come to the region and do what Bruno has just done. And if you don't want to do that, we don't need you. We'll actually get better people than you. But Richard Keyes, honestly, the man is the epitome of bad example of life. And so when he says anything, I, admit, I just think the opposite. If he says black, I'm white. If he says red, I'm green. He, the guy's just a dick. And that's all I'm going to say. Mitch, it's definitely clickbait at the highest level. Um, he's run out of things to say about the takeover, and now he's gone on to this. It's verbal clickbait to try and keep himself relevant. Yes. Look, even Andy Greer was having a snigger at it. And more and more, actually, if you look at the coverage over here, uh, people in the studio are looking at him like thinking, what the hell are you talking about here? Um, I mean, look at his comments today about uh, Carragher and uh, Nigga Richards and saying, oh, well, they're allowed to do this in the studio. What about me? Well, yeah, they're not asking who you've been hanging out the back of and how many pasties you've smashed for yet. They're actually just having a bit of fun. <laughs> His mates, that's what they're doing, you know? Um, he, he forgets... The, the guy is a walking uh, contradiction to himself. I mean, some of the stuff that you, you hear about, and good Lord, I'll have a word with his tarmac next time I see you. Um, the views but, of Mitch are not necessarily the views of any UFC matters. <laughs> <more than that. laughs> All the time. I'll, make sure I'll make sure she has a curry next time she can't see cat. Oh, sorry. Um, anyway. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> well, I like to just say, I like to just say on a non any of some matters comments, I wish his dad had just played with himself because he's, he's <laughs> he doesn't say anything, he doesn't say anything about football that's valuable, he doesn't say anything that's um, meaningful. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I meant to do today? I meant to dig out the thing that he, he had to go with me for something I wrote in the Chronicle ahead of the takeover, basically telling us that the Saudi takeover was never going to happen. And I was going to dig that out today and just fire it back to him. I don't understand why I'm not blocked by him yet. But there you go. I must be one of the few. But uh, yeah, it, look, it, he's, he's the genuinely is the, the media equivalent of verbal clickbait. That's all it is. Um, and he knows his time's limited about bashing Newcastle United because of what's happening between Bayern and, and Saudi. And, and he knows he'll have to rein it in. So. And look, and, and, and I get some of it. I know some of the guys have been, I know some of them quite well. And you're not going to get them come on the telly and basically tell the world that their boss is shite. It's not going to happen. They're going to get sacked. They're going to lose their jobs. You know? So it, it, some of them have to be walk a very fine line. Um, and certainly during the whole difficulties with the takeover and, and when relations with Qatar and Saudi were very cold. Um, it was always going to defrost towards the World Cup because Qatar need every bit of help you can get from the region. Um, you've just got to look at the fact of how many charter flights and flights are being put on to shuttle people in and out of Qatar. When it wasn't that long ago, as I couldn't, the only way to get to Qatar was either a flight to Oman, change planes and fly into Qatar from there, or fly to Kuwait and change planes and fly into Qatar from there. You know, a, a 35, 40 minute flight suddenly turned into a four, five hour schlep. And now um, there's umpteen million planes being put on because the World Cup's there. It was always going to happen. So, you know, it, it, it's it's something that 
Again, I come back to United Gulf is an economic powerhouse that scares the world. Scares the world. And now everybody's going to have to be grateful mm. in terms of where's, when they look to say, well, where's the next lot of money coming from? It's probably coming from this region, but it's coming from everyone together. And so that, that's a different conversation. Uh, and so Keyes' relevance is only going to last so long. There's a, there's a clock running now. Let's see what happens as things evolve going forward for the next season and when the next lot of bidding rates for the regions comes up, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, for the most part, ignore where we can, move on. Don't click on his website. He just wants hits and numbers on there. Apparently, when he puts a Newcastle article on his personal website, he gets something like tenfold more clicks than he does on any other article on his site. That should just tell you everything. Joe, old hairy hands, at it again. One thing about this show, will will you two get off the fence? I'm sick of you not saying what you think. Um, <laughs> this, uh, yeah, but Mitch has just finished with exactly what I was going to say, Steve. There's something about relevance, isn't there? And, you know, to play devil's advocate, you kind of see what he's getting at. And if it was any other journalist in the world, you would kind of go, look, he doesn't really mean it. It's not what he's saying. What he's suggesting is, is our region, is the economics and, you know, the, the culture of our region um, a, a, a bigger draw than London is? And we all know, as much as we love our region, the answer for the majority of foreigners, particularly coming into this country, is no, it's not. That's where they want to be. However, it's Richard Keyes talking it, so talking, uh, mentioning it. So instantly, he's talking out of his ass. Um I think there is something about relevance. There's something about there's something about clickbait numbers, likes, and all the rest of it. Talk sport and masters at it. Simon Jordan's been doing it for you know time and memorial. Um, Adrian Durham does it on Talk Sport. Uh, people like Chris Sutton. There's a reason that these guys do what they do, and that's because we're a passionate fan base. We wear our heart on our sleeve. Um, and we'll argue with anybody, and I think they know that, the media knows that. So what happens, I'll say something ridiculous about Newcastle or about the region or about Saudi Arabia, and you, daft lot, um, will come at me in your tens of thousands, and all it does is adds to the algorithm, and his boss says to him, what an amazing job you're doing. Next time you're live with Jim White, have another go at Amanda Stavely because we'll get them all at it again. So I'd love to be able to make a plea to everyone and say, ignore it. Don't buy, I said last week, don't buy the Daily Mirror. Don't, don't click on richardkeys.com or whatever the hell it is. You know, they'll lose relevance. They'll, 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 they'll lose the status in, in the media game and hopefully they'll go away. Um, the only you, thing people should be liking and should be clicking on is NUFC matters, of course. Um, <laughs> other than that, there's there's nothing else worth listening to. So the, the bloke's had his moment, hasn't he? You know, let's be honest. When Sky kicked off and when the Premier League kicked off, Gray and Keys, I, I used to enjoy watching them. I thought they were fantastic. But you talk them what twenty five year ago or whatever it is now. It's time to move on. Um, he's probably hanging on to his job. He's hanging on to his relevance. And he's using people like us as a way of doing it. So just switch it off, people. Yeah, good do, idea. Do you, know, do you know what it is, Joe? I've got to say, and I've got to say to everybody watching live and subsequently, I think as a fan base, we handle ourselves so much better hmm. now than we did at the start of the whole takeover process. 
I think we've all been on the journey together with that. I think yeah. a lot of people have taken on board some of the stuff that we've been trying to put out there to say, right, look at these, some of these things we just take on the chin, some of the things we've just got to walk away from, some of the things are worth having that fight about. Yeah. And I think we do pick and choose our battles a lot better than we did. And I understand why people snap. I totally understand it. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I think um, you're dead right, Mitch, absolutely. But, but I also think as well, what we'll probably see is it'll continue to get better and it'll continue to go in our favour. Because whether these people like us or not, whether BN Sports like us, whether Sky Sports like us, BT Sport and, and every other media channel across the planet, Newcastle United are growing in stature, they will grow in relevance and they will win competitions. And at some point, somebody somewhere is going to have to say, wow, Joe Linton's better than Pele, and they're going to have to say it on national television. And I think I think that day is coming. So they're not going to change overnight because they're all going to, you know, none of us like to lose face, do we? So they're not going to change overnight. Nobody's going to turn around and say, do you know what? I was wrong about Newcastle. I know Simon Jordan, um, you know, kind of tried to right a couple of wrongs last week or whenever it was. But slowly but surely, it'll change. The narrative will change. There was a Newcastle United loving on Soccer AM a few weeks ago. You know, Shola was on. The fans were on. It was all about the good old days. Les Ferdinand was on on Sunday, um, you know, and there was more of him in black and white than any other colour. So it'll come. It'll come. Um, but I think I'd rather do it with them and I'd rather do it with a trophy in our hand and then people are going to have to accept us and they're going to have to accept Saudi Arabia. We're fourth in the Premier League at the end of the day. People can't ignore us anymore. No, definitely not. Uh, John has put a, a wonderful gesture in the chat with over 560 watching it tonight. Uh, he's offering uh, a signed Peter Beardsley T-shirt, uh, which was signed at the Legends game a couple of weeks ago, uh, to a random, uh, well, a random, a random person on the channel who likes it tonight. He wants to get the 400 likes, which is great. Good, you know, if you can do it, John, fantastic. Uh, I think what we're on at the minute. We're currently on 130. Uh, so long way to go, but if we can it's hit it 100, 100 to it was 100 when he first put that up, it's gone 30. He's gone on it. Well done, John. Well done. Well, yeah, if uh, we can get up to there, John will pick a random winner. Uh, we do also have John's Q Tech uh quiz of the month uh coming up as well. Uh, but first up, uh, thanks to Zara, she's been on uh Tweet Watch again this week and she's sent us plenty for Tweet of the Week. <laughs> Starting off with a little bit of uh, a little bit of children's television here and uh, for sale. Nineties iconic sooty and sweet puppets. Any offer accepted? Just want them off my hands. <laughs> of course, star of the show when Mitch uh, was on a couple of weeks ago. Uh, sooty. Um, Thomas the Tank Engine was feeling sad today after hearing his good friend Robbie Coltrane had died. <laughs> and this one. Sometimes a picture just says it all that. <laughs> <laughs> Love that, Johnny Sharples. Absolutely brilliant. We might have a new Prime Minister, but for a while we were looking for a new one. Uh, this one was sent to... <laughs> oh, Betty! Dogs done a whoopsie on the carpet. <laughs> CNN I did like that. Really good. As, as again, sometimes a picture does work. Thanks to Spenny Mags for this. Uh, then with the days. 90s teenagers yep. Friday night starter kits. Can anybody remember the delights of Lambrini? Or White Star, uh, twenty twenty, and uh, a packet of ten regal king size. 
Fantastic yeah. days, uh, Spenny. Uh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, any dog lovers on? Uh, well, yesterday, this guy had two pieces of string, and today they came out tied. I should do not, he says. <laughs> ah, <laughs> Jimmy, thank you for this one. He says, we're going to sit here and drink beer until we understand women. <laughs> Apologies, Rachel, Julie, and Moza, uh, and any other females who are in the chat tonight. Uh, but I think you get where Jimmy's coming from. Um, there we go. Outside Westminster, uh, Rick asks you the Prime Minister. He will never, ever give you up, let you down, run around, desert you, make you cry, say goodbye, tell a lie or hurt you. Uh, he didn't get in, though. But uh, again, great post of that. Um, uh, this one was from Zora. Ronaldo is just like any other boy. His mother puts his name in his underwear. <laughs> <laughs> And yes, somebody else in their underwear. Stephen Kennedy shared this on Facebook. He says, you know, he says, the Geordie dentist. <laughs> I don't know whether this was a lookalike, but he says, one day you're young, the next day you're sitting at the edge of your bed like this. <laughs> brilliant, that. Brilliant. brilliant. I think that was a double-handed. I'm sure it was a lookalike, but it was also good for the uh, tweet of the week. Uh, Jimmy Moore sent this one as well. I saw Bruno Fernandez in town today. I said, can you sign me shirt? He said, have you got a pen? I said, oh, no, hang on. With that, I threw myself on the floor and I rolled over theatrically and began to cry. He said, how's that going to get a pen? He said, well, that's how you get one. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Big Al retweeted John's tweet. Kane's heat map is just him following the referee. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's the end, of course. Newcastle are a serious problem. Though they weren't supposed to be this good at this stage, they barely even dipped into their funds yet. How is a genius, said an Arsenal <laughs> fan this week. Very true, he is. And Helen Hardy. P.S. Mike Ashley is a Spurs fan. Uh, <laughs> that, that was after last week's result, of course. Uh, Guy Mowbray said, that's a proper statement win for Newcastle. That's the result more than any. Yet it says that they're there. And Stan, I have to admit, underestimating Eddie Howe a bit outstanding job. Nice to see him come out with something sensible. And no expense spared for the Air United Panda <laughs> Halloween outfit. <laughs> great effort, that. Absolutely great effort. Picture the chairman's, chairman's dug that out of his uh, airing cupboard. Uh, Luke Edwards, just two bald men fighting over a comb on his lunch date with Alan Shearer. And then he put, I buy you lunch and you're still looking miserable. <laughs> Brilliant, Al. Uh, this one uh, from Rita Oxley. Uh, we named him Richard. Um, and then she goes, Stop animal cruelty. And it's two dogs with uh, Sunderland shirts on. Thank you for that, Rita. And then we've got this one from NUFC threat, uh, threat level. Conde would be tearing his hair out if it didn't cost him another small fortune. Dr. Sink's affordable price in mags. <laughs> I know Dr. Sink's had some Brilliant. good publicity since coming to Newcastle. Christmas 2022. We'll look at the picture here. More presents, fewer presents. <laughs> On the thermostat. Uh, brilliant stuff. Paddy Power, often feature. Goal! Ings makes it 3-0. Aston Villa experiencing the new manager bounce, otherwise known as not being managed by Stephen Gerrard. Oh. Ouch. Ouch. Uh, Dougal from the Magic Roundabout back on TV. <laughs> hey, that was funny, that, that. Class, I, that. I, I got a hairstyle and half, that guy. 
Uh, and a man was admitted to the hospital today with 25 plastic toys inserted in his rectum. Doctors have described his condition as stable. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when we had Fergie time? Well, now it's cloppage time. He whines so much, time stops. Brilliant. Ugly Brilliant. Um, I am Albright, an all-time Scran 11, goalkeeper, Edwin Scran de Saw, uh, <laughs> defender, Bakary Lasagna, another defender, Ledley Burger King, defender, David Wiedervix, uh, defender, <laughs> Ashley Coleslow, midfielder, Matt Hollandaise Sauce, midfielder, Breesung Park, uh, midfielder, Peter Beardsley, uh, season <laughs> striker uh, Emil Deal Heskey, uh, oh. striker Chris Woodfire Pizza, and another striker <laughs> Kenny Dalkeish. A meal deal, a meal deal. <laughs> uh, Ian, may I suggest that you've got too much time on your hands? Uh, <laughs> a you had a week off on half, too. Johnny, our back five today cost five million less than Harry Maguire. Our midfield cost six million less than Casemiro. Our front three cost five million less than Anthony. But I tell me that we've paid our way to success. That's Johnny, brilliant, brilliant, that. brilliant. I love that. Love brilliant, that. that. Brilliant, that. Brilliant. Uh, here's your tweet of the week. Says Dave, not quite, mate. Not my own work. I've just seen it on Facebook. Yeah, there's a few of these diving round. Uh, yeah, I bet he just wish he'd never said anything about Miguel Miron. Uh, Miguel Miron is having a one-man goal of the season competition. You are not wrong. Uh, long may that continue. And listen to an old episode of Ben Foster's podcast, did Sean Paul this week. He says he referred to Nelson Mandela as Big Nels, like they shared a dressing room with West Brom. <laughs> I think Ben Foster gets on people's wick. Uh, Sharon Marshall got to be tweet of the week this is for you guys said Bruno two days without sleep I could be at home but I always wanted to be here with you thanks for the support and a kiss from Matteo to you he is a Brazilian Jordi lovely lovely tweet that from our midfield maestro uh, away day sleepers put this out Pub in Newcastle doing this and it was me mate who actually got served those pints absolutely brilliant Brilliant, brilliant uh, stuff and brilliant bit of artwork there. Uh, and the last two were this one purely because of who the photograph is of. I love this. David Batty, still well, kicking about. Uh, uh, yeah, and look at the clip of that bike. He's still not spending any money, Bats. Still <laughs> not spending any money. This is the man who used to go to the Premier League games when Newcastle was so close to winning a title and he used to take his boots and shin pads in a carrier bag. Can you believe it? Didn't have a sports bag, always went with a carrier bag. So Bat's still still alive, still well, still doing what he does. Great to see that photograph. This one should have been last week, but it's timeless. Um, I love this. This is Tweet of the Week this week. Uh, Ian Stainthrop. My mate an Everton fan had his birthday recently, so ahead of the Newcastle-Everton game, I got him the kit of his team's best player. Of course, it's that knacker who tied himself to the post last season. Brilliant. Great stuff. Keep them coming in. Zora, thanks again. Okay, uh, we're an hour into the show. I'm going to uh, play the ads now, so we're going to have a quick breather, and then we'll, we'll be back after this. A big thanks to all our sponsors, starting with Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 25 45 25 email inquiries at skips website skipsandbins.com, easy contract free and pay as you go, waste collection. Uh, thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals, you can find them at 304 Old Durham Road on Gateshead. 
Uh, telephone 01914782273 or email Darren at darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk or the website darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Thanks to Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists. Their website is thegohd.com. And thanks to Three Property Investments, who specialise in sourcing investment properties for their clients who are looking to invest in the Northeast. They offer a full in-house service from sourcing the deals to managing the properties for you. They've done over 100 plus deals in the past 12 months for clients all over the UK. Give the guys a follow on Instagram, matty.patta underscore northeast property and phil.read underscore northeast property or email phil at 3property.co.uk should you be interested in getting a good property deal. Thanks to Mr. Vicky's Sources, which are handmade in Cumbria. You can order them by going to the website, mrvicky's.co.uk or by calling 01768 210102. Thanks to the guys at Blue Hole Brewery. You can find them at blueholebrewery.co.uk. Got a vast range of beers. They're a new brewery company uh, and their cans are suitably uh, addressed like the Geordie Juice here in the strips of Newcastle United from the 90s. Big thank you to Media Arts for all the help with the video side of things and aqtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End, Newcastle and the guys who run our website. If you want to subscribe, then hit the subscription button. If you want to hit the likes, then hit the thumb up and please share your uh, social media. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes and Spotify and the rest goes up 24 hours after the show has finished. If you want to join, well, you can click join underneath the video and become a member for a small fee. If you want to pay the £25 fee and get a cup, a pen, a scarf, a membership card and entry into the monthly draw, then go to the website nufcmatters.com and click membership or use your smartphone on the QR code, which will take you straight there. We also give you a free car sticker. If you're a subscriber, simply email john at nufcmatters.com to claim your free car window sticker today. We also support the food bank on here, nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk is where you can find the match day bucket and make a virtual donation 365 days of the year. We still do a lot of events in and around the region. If you want to see Super Mac pre-match and after match, you can go to the Dog and Parrot in Newcastle and uh, hear Malcolm give his views on the uh, game and uh, and listen to what he has to say about his career as well. Always a great afternoon. Kids are welcome. Good food, good beer. And get yourself into Pumphreys. Uh, you can always see John Anderson and John Gibson in there pre-match on the cloth market in Newcastle. A couple of events coming up in 2023, an evening with Peter Beardsley, Friday the 10th of February at St. Dom's Catholic Club. You can get the tickets direct from the venue. And Peter Beardsley is also at the Tyneside Irish Centre on Friday, February the 17th. Tickets available from Woucher for that one. Get yourself on the Woucher, make a cracking Christmas present for any Newcastle fan. Also, an evening with Rob Lee, Lee Clark and John Beresford, Friday the 2nd of June 2023 at the Grand Hotel in Gosforth. Uh, tickets for that are available from www.healandtour.org.uk forward slash events. And if you fancy a Christmas jumper, get the Bruno Christmas jumper from nufcmatters.com. And just a quick reminder uh, from Jasmine uh, that Jurgen Klopp is going to resign on Sunday and return to Germany as that is when the clocks go back. <laughs> Classic, Jasmine. Classic. Uh, but yeah, the clocks do go back this weekend, so enjoy your lie in. Put that sign that winter is coming. And don't forget, hit the like button. Where are we at now? 
nearly 200, nearly 200, halfway there. Hit the likes, hit the thumb up, you'll get entered into the draw for the Peter Beardsley T-shirt. Uh, and also, just to point out that tomorrow, instead of John Anderson, it's going to be Jim Pearson, who is going to be at uh, Pumphreys. Uh, Ando has had to fly back to Ireland, so we won't even be doing the commentary tomorrow. Not sure what, yeah. what, what the situation is, hope he is well. Uh, but yeah, Jim Pearson. Uh, we'll be doing the talk with uh, Gibble tomorrow. And you've got 45 minutes to bid on the St. Peter Beardsley Legends shirt that was worn by Peter at the Legends game a couple of weeks ago. Go to my Twitter, uh, just follow me, and then bid underneath at Steve Wraith. And the, with the winner, um, donating the money, it all goes to the food bank. So get yourself uh, onto there and uh, make your bid today. Okay, time for a little bit of humour before we get back into the questions. My wife's been missing for over a week, says Elliot, and this morning the police said I should prepare myself for the worst. So I'm heading to the charity shop to get her clothes back. <laughs> Thanks, Elliot. Always uh, a giggle. Thank you very much for that. Okay, question. Uh, which one do we pick? I'm going to go with this one. Uh, evening, boys. I heard earlier today that Aston Martin is going to be a sponsor in some capacity, either the stadium, the training ground or a shirt. Is there any truth in it, do you reckon? Um, Keith, I'll come to you first. I've heard there is. Um, and I'm sure Mitch will go into more depth. Uh, but but the people in uh, in the Middle East are saying that it's, it's a very strong chance. I think brand-wise, it makes a lot of sense. Um, it's a premium product. Um, it's it's classed as a British product, albeit I don't think ownership is. Um, and the aunt, I don't know. I think I just think the Newcastle brand is massive for for something like Aston Martin. Most people would think we do well to get that brand on our shirts, but if you look at the supposedly the best shirt sponsorship, the most successful over the Premier League history, is supposed to be Fly Emirates that Arsenal have on their shirts, and apparently the Fly Emirates branding. Has, has done more for their business and more for exposure. And in term, branding can be marked in terms of exposure. Um, and advertising companies often, often feature how, how well it's worked for the company so they can sell the advertising on. And when you talk about shirt sponsorship, um, I, I think I think something like um, Aramco or something like Aston Martin would both pay sufficient monies to warrant being on those shirts. But there's some catching up to do because I'm told we currently get six million a year value. Somebody says five, but between five and six for 48 years. And I'm told that Adidas are paying 60 million a year to, for, for Arsenal's. Sorry, for, that's what Castori's paying. I think that's what Arsenal's uh, shirt, which is Adidas, are paying. So I think we five times to 12 times, depending on which club it is in the top six, out of the reckoning. So Newcastle's got some major, major catch-up to do 
So if they get, if it gets seven million off noon for a, for a shirt sleeve sponsorship, it tells you what the front main shirt's worth. Then you've got the ground. Then you've got the actual makers of the shirts. Um, I, I I think we're miles away on everything. I think the only deal we have in place at the moment that's anywhere near worthy of the team that is it, it, very soon we're going to be the team that everyone wants to watch, but at the minute. We we merging away from the team that everyone wants to hate because of the backing to the team that privately everyone wants to see. So everybody, you know, the, the people at Spurs said we've been dying to see the transformation in Newcastle. As much as we don't like it, as much you can't handle it. So so I think Newcastle as a brand outside of Man City this year are these shirts to go and get, these stadium to go and sponsor, and the the the, the football jersey material that you want. There's a massive opening because we've got a betting company on the front. There's a massive opening because we've got Castori on, on the manufacturers, which, which isn't doing anything to set the world light here. But there's a huge opportunity if somebody gets the naming rights done correctly because it's already been failed by Mike Ashley. So, so Sports Direct's already miserably failed. So if it was the you know Aston Martin at St. James Park or if it was you know Aston at St. James's, Whatever they come up with that satisfies people, I just think there's just huge, huge advertising revenue available in Newcastle. Uh, on the front of the shirt, Aston Martin, I'd love it. Um, never been a lover of the cars, always loved other brands, but but I just think because it's English and it's got English heritage, I think it would be perfect for us, um, but for massive money. Mitch, you've been mentioning this, so has Stu, uh, on the professionals about potential sponsorship. Aston Martin has been mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. Now it's starting to get out into the public domain. You know, people are hearing it from um, other sources. So is it, are we getting close to this, do you think? They're owned by Piff, remember. Yeah. Therefore, the Noon sponsorship opens doors in many ways. Noon is 50% yep. owned by PIF also. Um, yeah. So therefore, that's as any anybody would say. Oh, it's a related company. You can't do that sponsorship. Well, we've already done one with Noon. That uptick in shirt sleeve sponsorship means what Noon are paying more for the shirt sleeve than Funny Eight are paying for the front. So if you look at a similar uplift percentage-wise, the shirt front sponsorship could be as much as twenty-five million, which is a huge uplift. Um, could it be Aston Martin? Possibly. People need to understand how British brands do so well in this region. There's still this sort of quintessential connection and love of the UK and love of love of London in particular, to be fair, in the Middle East. Um, Aston Martin do very well out here in all the Gulf countries. They sell a lot of cars out here. Um, so again, regionally, that might be a more significant sponsorship for Aston Martin. In the same way that noon without a European base at all, see their sponsorship as a value in the Gulf region. <clears throat> um, I've also heard in a similar vein that they're looking at mock-ups for kits for next season and the green that's being used on training kit and on one of the playing kits is described as a British racing green. And that then suddenly becomes sort of, there's too many... Too many things sounding similar coming from too many different places to say that it's quite possible that Aston Martin are in the mix of sponsorship next season, no doubt at all. 
and that regionally it would make sense to PIF, it would make sense. There's an absolute load of um, reasons that it does make sense to me. Um, sticking that brand on the shirt front would sell lots of shirts in this region as well, I tell you. What's your thoughts on Aston Martin, Joe? Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting just listening to the guys, isn't it? I think one of the things that strikes home for me is, you, 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 with the greatest of respect to many of the, the, the sponsorships and the kit manufacturers that have gone before, you're talking about class, aren't you? So not only are you talking about bringing in um, commercial revenue and, and bigger and better revenue, only our football club could earn more for something that's written on the sleeve than it could on the front. Um but Mitch is right, if you do the mathematics and, and actually you say to Aston Martin, okay then, from a percentage perspective, uh, this, this is what it's going to bring in. All of these things will push us to the next level. We haven't just took on a commercial director just to keep the status quo and to keep us in the in the lower bottom half of the Premier League in terms of income and revenue. So whether it's Aston Martin, whether it's Datsun Cherry, I don't mind, um, you know, in, in, in terms of bringing money in. But I think fundamentally, you're talking about class, you're talking about a class brand, you're talking about links to, to, to the to the MENA region, as Mitch is talking about, um, and also very, very smart. And I'm sure Eddie House thinking, if you want to send me a Vantage or a DB9 or whatever, I'll drive one round Newcastle all day long. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 looking good, you know, where, uh, if it's going to be Adidas, if it's going to be Nike. Um, but what it seems is here is yet another conversation that, that that's happening concurrently with footballers. So we get dragged into are we signing Madison, are we signing Diaby? But actually now we're talking about and who's going to sponsor the shirts and what's our stadium going to be called and how much money are we going to be raking in. And as I keep saying time and time again, um, it's starting to feel like a proper football club, isn't it? We laugh, we 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 make light of it, but you know, Manchester United with fifty odd different sponsors, I'm led to believe, including tractors, underpants, and God knows whatever else. Um, that's where we need to be. You know, there's a, there's a reason these these football clubs are, are financial powerhouses, um, and it's because of the money that they generate, not just the money that they spend. So, I think for us, everything's going in the right direction. And I'll say it time and time again: if it buys us a thirty five goal a season centre forward. Bring on Aston Martin. Uh, Yano, uh, we'll give a big shout out to your son, Ben, who's taking part in the British Bodybuilding Championships this Sunday. Best of luck to him. That's a tough, tough sport, that, you know. A lot of people think it's just going to be posing and standing <laughs> around. But, oh, dear me, yeah, the diet for starters. Both um, began to want better than me when I finished second, so there you go. Go on, son. <laughs> Good luck. Best, best, best of luck. I never know whether, to be, whether he's been serious or not sometimes, folks. Apparently um, <laughs> not, Mr. Riff. Any photos? Any photos, Mitch? <laughs> flex with the best, man. Yeah. You look like that frog there. Ah, classic in the budgie smugglers. And man. I love you too, Joe. Uh, Lee, uh, we're going to come with this one. This is a bit different. Goes oh, out. Evening, lads. What's your opinions on Graham Jones's role? I like him, but I don't know what the deal is. I mean, he came in, Keith, at a very, you know, difficult time for Newcastle. Um, did his bit. Uh, proud lad from Gated. And... Um, He's definitely playing his part, and you can tell he's, he's constantly in uh, Tyndall's ear or, or Eddie Howe's ear just with a word of advice or help or support or whatever. But, you know, you, he's definitely part of a successful team, I think. When, when you talk about a club that's going to take the world on, it's going to win silverware, it's going to win European championships, um, you wouldn't 
begin to understand how short we are on those kind of people. And that's why you'll need all the trip years that can come through. And when you looked at Liverpool in their pomp, they didn't have a, a quarter of the jobs that they're in football clubs now. And mm. I read an article today whereby Arsenal, the commercial director of Arsenal, managed 150 staff. There's 150 in the commercial department at Arsenal. That's what he's just left to come to Newcastle for. 150 people. And currently, Newcastle, oh, sorry, after the takeover, somebody said Newcastle had 14. Now, now, some people say it was less than that, but but they certainly didn't have 30. And if you no. think that if if you think that Newcastle had a fifth, that means there's 120 jobs to fill. Switch it to the part that matters most, because as Darren Eels has quickly pointed out, everything relates to what happens on the pitch. So if you get right in the pitch, everything else, <laughs> shirt sponsorships go up, you know. Your car companies you're talking about, or your ramp, they'll all pay more for the name of the ground, for the sleeves. Noon's money will go up. But to do that, you've got to consolidate it with staff. And and I'd say we are particularly low on people off pitch. So if you sit there and you said you had Howe and Tindall, and then you've just said there, you know, a, a, a guy who came in who tolerated Steve Bruce, who was pushed to the back and whenever the players were playing in the Steve Bruce era, they tried to get to Graham Jones. They were trying to speak to him and he was the one who was coming down the touchline and screaming stuff. Not just screaming on you, screaming in Geordie, which makes a difference. He understands the region better than most people. He understands football. He's extremely well thought of him again. He's, 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 he's managed Belgium with, with, with you know, he's, he's been a number two in Belgium in a World Cup. The guy has great background and he survived Steve Bruce. So he's got great resilience to put up with an idiot and keep going and stay focused on what you want to do. So I don't think Graham Jones has got anything to prove. I think we need more people. So I think, you know, how genius, Tyndall's doing a brilliant job. I think Graham Jones is too. And I wouldn't worry. That I think the, fan, the guy who's just said that's got a good question. I don't really know what he does. I tell you what, you can nearly guarantee he's working all the hours God sends because we haven't got enough coaches in this football club and there'll be a role for anybody that comes through that's good enough. We we, we haven't got the Michael Carricks that Man United had. But when Man United were in the in the pomp, you know, just, just on that 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 top table, you had your Brian kids, you had your McLaren's, you had and you had you had a whole host of coaches and some of them went off and become top managers. So so you know, Liverpool, I know, from the 70s, had that kind of thing. When we were at Wembley, at 70, you played Liverpool 74, their bench was double the length of ours. We had nowhere near the same amount of backroom team as Liverpool did. And they just grew it and grew it and grew it. And that's where their managers came from. But never, never worry about what the likes of Graham Jones has done. Worry that we don't bring more in. Because we need more backup, more support. And I think... Graham Jones has done a brilliant job, and I'm a big fan. Mitch, look back at what Keith, what Keith says in in, in, a, in a way. I'm not entirely uh, sure of what his specific role is within the team, within the backroom team. But I'll answer the question with another question: What did Terry Mack do under Keegan? Huh. Supported him. Was was was, was Terry Mack? 
tactical genius who reinvented the way we play? Was he an innovative revolution in sports science who changed how we treated soft tissue injuries? Was he the master tactician of creating innovative and brand new ways to, to, to play corners and free kicks into the box? Or was he just the manager's right hand who was there for everybody to be a buffer when he needed to be, to put an arm around somebody when they needed a cuddle, to put the boot up the arse of somebody who needed a kick and do all of those things and let Keegan concentrate on doing what he did. And to me, that's very much what Jones seems to be doing in the back. Um, I think it's significant that England have got significantly worse after the Euros when he returned to Newcastle United. Um, he's obviously somebody that people like to have around the dressing room. And he makes a difference. So at the end of the day, I didn't care what he does. If it's buffing rings and putting bloody cones out, don't care. It makes a difference and he makes a difference. Like I say, in the same way as Terry Mack, God bless him, did for Keegan. There's, there's more than just being an effective tactical football coach. There's more than being somebody who was groundbreaking in fitness, etc. Um, sometimes you just need good people around. And that brings good people and fosters good people and fosters good relationships. And that's exactly what we've got in that squad. So long may it continue for me. What do you think, Joe? I love how the show goes on when Mr. Wraith disappears. I um I, I think you're right. And I, I you know the first thing I think about the first thing I think about when it comes to Graham Jones is um Fair play to him for still being there, because if I had a gaffer who treated me like uh, like um, Mr. Bruce or, 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 the, or the previous regime treated me, I wouldn't be anywhere near Newcastle United now, I'll be honest with you. So that says something about the measure of the man. You know, clearly he, he loves his team, he loves his city and he loves his job. Um it, it was it was interesting. I think when he first came, if you remember, it, it was a funny appointment because he was almost um, introduced to us like a new manager. We had the full press. He had his suit on. There was a big interview, you know. Um, and unfortunately, for whatever reason, for Steve Bruce, Steve Bruce, you know, I presumably felt undermined by the guy. This was the England genius. This was the guy that was that was you know kind of glue and Gareth Southgate England together, um, and yet. Bruce, for whether it was ego, stupidity, looking after his mates, you know, Agnew and, and what have you, uh, and Clement, uh, that, that he wasn't listening. And it, it seemed like the worst that Newcastle got. Graham Jones was going more and more and more up the back to, uh, uh, of the Milburn stand. So, tread appallingly. Um, but if you listen to the players, you know, if you listen to kind of what's happened since Howe and Tyndall have come in, um, I think it was Joe Willock last week was saying, you know, no no one training session is the same. You know, the variety of what we do, we're mixing it up. We're concentrating on elements of the game we didn't know existed. I'm absolutely certain that Graham Jones is pivotal to that um, because as much as Howe and Tyndall have done fantastic, I'm sure they can't do everything on their own, you know. So if he's working with a particular group of players, if he's having input into that, uh, you know, in, in the kind of people like Miggy Almiron, for example, Fair play. And I think the lads are right. You know, what's nice is we're going to go through a transition with we've got lots of kind of, dare I say, outsiders coming into the club. You know, if you think of people like Darren Eels, um, 
for example, it's quite nice to know that there's still a Geordie backbone in there, isn't there? Um, kind of laying the law down and 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 kind of telling it as it is with black and white eyes. I'm sure he's helping the young lads. You know, you, you know, Mug. If you're around the England setups, I'm sure he's saying to the likes of Sean Longstaff, Joe Willock, Dan Byrne, you know, Matty Target. Listen, this is where you need to be. These are the levels you need to be at, and this is what happens when you get to an England um, squad. And and I think it's fantastic. It, it goes well not just for now, but for the future as well. So on the back of the lad, I think he's fantastic. There's someone else, John, that Joe, you know, when I was at Spurs, I, 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 was, I stayed out, I was probably the only bloke in my section at the end, and when I looked, he got all the two people at Spurs, he got all the Callum Wilson, and they had like a load of face-to-face, -face, like they, yeah. they were locked in, they were obviously taught nature, they're nature this year, and then you did Almiron, and, and I just think, if you were the bloke that they go to at the end, because, yeah. you know, them, them, them players made themselves go to, to Graham Jones. They must have a hell of a rapport with them. And they had loads of person that was like, that were like locked, walking yeah. off together for maybe 10 yards, chatting, chatting, chatting. And, and, and it's as though they made the way to each other. And so, for me, I think he has a brilliant rapport with some of the players. Like something that if you took it out, would be missed. But yeah. I would more worry about what Steve Bruce was doing in all his time at Newcastle than what Graham Jones is doing now. Yeah, good points. Well made. Um, yeah, um, the, uh, the, 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 the the hitting the likes button tonight has uh, certainly caught everyone's imagination. We're up to 243. I'm going to bring it down, John, from, uh, I would say, unachievable 400 to 300 because we've only got 20 or 25 minutes left. So let's make it 300. Um, we're 55 away, so you can pick a winner from 300 tonight. But thanks for doing that, John. Nice to get as many likes as possible. Shows people can do it as well. The subscription thing, I don't often go on about it a great deal, but when I was looking at the analytics for the channel the other week, and I mentioned this last week, 50% of you who watch the show subscribe, 50% of you don't. Um, now, it costs you nothing. Uh, there's nothing. There's no fee to subscribe. Hit that little subscribe button, subscribe to the channel. Just means you get a notification uh, when YouTube, if, you, if you've got YouTube on your phone, you get a, a notification when the shows go live. And that means you don't miss out on anybody. Uh, I've just double checked this before I put it up in there. Rest in peace, Jerry Lee Lewis. What an entertainer he was. Yeah. Uh, great balls of fire, etc. Yeah. Uh, has passed away at his home at aged 87. Uh, fantastic act, still going strong live. Um, up, up until a couple of years ago, I think he was in Newcastle again. So unbelievable, really, to see, uh, you know, somebody like that, you know, live, live live his life on the stage essentially. But he will be sadly missed. But he's as as I say with all of these people, his music will live on. Six hundred watching live again this week. Brilliant. Uh, we're certainly uh, certainly capturing the Newcastle United fans' imagination on a weekend. And thank you for that. We'll never take it for granted. Time for tune lookalike. Somewhere at home, Steve Hasty is deliberately waiting to come onto the show and the lookalike he's finished. So uh, over to Keith uh, for the laughter. Uh, and this one from Sam Chipperfield. Has Steve Hasty finally grown some hair? Something <laughs> <laughs> about that one, um, to be honest. Steve wouldn't think so, but this one has more of a look. Um, this is Alice at the age of 79. <laughs> Stephen Kennedy says, no, it's Steve Hasty at the age of 79. <laughs> Possibly what Steve Hasty is actually doing now, uh, instead of joining us on the platform. And this one, um, I've just seen Steve Hasty storming down the tunnel at Old Trafford. That's mad, isn't it? <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, one of Steve Hasty and his youth. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. And this one from Subby he says, "Look at Lady Hasty in the middle with the American family, the Whitakers." That is brilliant. Number three and number five, both are ringers. They both look like him. They look like him and his father. They definitely <laughs> do, don't they? Oh, hold on. Who's this? this? What? Hey! What do you mean? <laughs> just in time, Steve. Just in time. I was uh, waiting for him. I was waiting. What's he like? You know? You're waiting for him, man. Well, there you go. Oh, there there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a lot shorter than I imagined, too. <laughs> And Steve, <laughs> Steve uh, you've got a wig draw apparently. If Johnny Mick wants to know, it's Steve and Ben. He's going through it. <laughs> and Rita, Rita loves to send this one in. Not forget Steve. Rita, man, how weird. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful when you shop online. We ordered a German <laughs> Shepherd. Now this guy lives with us. Uh, I know it says Tweet of the Week, but I thought that looked a bit like Steve Hasty. Hey, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. You know what? I've got a mate who's an optician, and I'm hey. going to put all these names forward. He's going to make a fortune. Yes, because you all need your eyes testing. Steve, you know, that, that... To be honest, Steve, you got off lightly this week because I put a photograph out of us getting ready uh, to do the, the film, uh, which commences this week. And boy, did I get hit. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe how many years you've been Uncle in the film, Steve. Yeah. Uncle Fester. Uh, then this one, extremely similar. Thanks, Albert. Oh, Albert. <laughs> Using his artistic skills. Uh, look at lady from Ugly Camel. <laughs> oh my god, and this one, uh, from Rob. Great to see Steve Brace, a cameo in the popular game Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> Never even heard of it, but there I am. Uh, you know, what one... Albert, Albert does have too much time on his hands. Well, he that's the one does. thing we can all he's, agree with. He needs his <laughs> bloody hard drive check, and I tell you that. He's given me some stick this week. I've had a load of stick off this week. Well, Phil Linton says, right. This is me. Uh, thank you, Phil. I can see the resemblance. And, um, is this your latest modeling job, Steve? Says Albert. Ah, oh, hey. <laughs> I do like those cups, mate. I do like them. It's a perfect cup for me. Uh, Keith Patterson doesn't know if he's coming or going. So <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> and Sam Chipperfield says, Since when did Mitch become Alan Titchmarsh's stunt dog? <laughs> <laughs> and. This one uh, from yeah. Ian Hull. Um, pretty good, this. Really uh, in the early days, Nutty Holder, Bruce Dickinson and Rob Halford formed a boy band. This one, Michael Fabrican and P and a pumpkin head. Very good, Ian. Very, Very good. good. And Richard Keyes and Emil from... Uh, <laughs> is that some kind of children's show? No, hold on. Oh, yes. From Ratatouille. That's what Ratatouille. It is. Ratatouille, thanks for that. Um, Brilliant. This one. Roy Keane <laughs> and, Harry from the and Harry and the Hendersons. See, Rita does do some sensible ones, she lads. Does. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. This one from Rita, Dan Ashworth and Tim Sherwood. Yeah, ah, it's good, that one. Huh? It's good, very really good. Yeah. This one is from Jacob, Glenn Donnelly from Neighbours and Robbie Williams. Yeah, hey, ringer, ringer. Ah, don't rob it like that. Excellent. No. <laughs> the political ones here. Uh, Liz Truss and Chucky. 
And <laughs> Roland Rat and Rishi. <laughs> I'll just rat. <laughs> Mickey Almiron. And Mitch. who is that guy again? What was he called? Crazy Frog. That's, That's a crazy, crazy frog, frog yeah. from Lee. Uh, thanks oh, for that, Pablo. Or Mitch. Or Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> and John Cicada and Miggy. Class. I, I can yeah. see that. Nice. my eyebrows. Yeah, see my eyebrows. I didn't quite zoom in on this guy, but this is um, Spock and uh, some footballer from Tottenham. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. the girl. It's the ladies. She plays for the ladies team, doesn't she? Yeah. It, and that's, that's what I, was, they were play, I watched the game on, uh, I think it was uh, last Saturday. Yeah. yeah, uncanny look alike, Billy. Uh, we did get it already, but I will give you the, well done, uh, the shout out tonight. So thank you for that. And uh, this one again from Pablo, and that's Nathan Aki and Rude Hullet. Yeah, they're separated at birth. Well, separated in father the... and son, father yeah, and son, definitely. Aye. And didn't realize Channel 4 had rebooted Bo Selector. Ronaldo or Craig Charles. Yeah, which one? Oh. Yes, aye. Thanks, Roger. And my son Jacob and Edward from the League of Gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, Mickey, I mean, this is your son. We're talking about <laughs> anything to get a mention on the show. Good evening, Jacob. <laughs> double pocket, double pocket money, double pocket money, yeah. son. I know how that. Money. I know how that little lad will feel tomorrow. <laughs> double, double pocket money. You want a you want a program. You want a hot dog with the chips yeah. with all the sauces on. Aye. You want pop. You want uh, the Maltesers and the Yorkie and some fruit pastels. And then you want <laughs> McDonald's and Burger King after the match yeah. for that, Jacob. But yeah. I'll be allowed. i be allowed to steal to watch much of the day. Yeah, and punch yeah. your dad in the face. <laughs> and you want to be able to fly the flag, not your dad. Don't worry when your dad compares you to Jack Russell, son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Reese James and Kermit the Frog. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Craig David there as well. Craig David, you're coming down with the last few. Steve, Bruce and Brenda for a guy from Tom. Definitely. Poor Brenda. I've had that one. I think Tom sends us that every Christmas. Where's the dog's eye? Danny Osvaldo and Johnny Depp. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Last two then, top two this week. Uh, Thomas Vermelin and Jude Law. Yeah, oh, good. Yeah, good. And last, but by no means least, the winner this week, Thomas Rizicki and Jared Leto. Brilliant. Yes. That. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. That's a proper yeah. lookalike, that. Proper lookalike. Yeah. So thank you for sending them in. Keep them coming. Uh, always like to get your lookalikes. Last 10 minutes to bid on the shirt. It's at £80 at the minute. Signed Peter Beersley, match worn shirt from the uh, Legends game a couple of weeks ago. All proceeds to the food bank. Get your bid in now. Going to do Q-Tex quiz now. Uh, your clue one, week one, was 13 Newcastle goals. Clue two was £80,000 transfer fee. Clue three was Washington Whips. So your question this week, first answer that John sees in the chat wins a signed Peter Beardsley T-shirt. Is this. The player suggested got how many caps for Scotland? The player suggested got how many caps for Scotland? First correct answer in the chat that John picks out. Is the winner. Good luck. You've been assigned Peter Beardsley shirt. Okay. Uh, Newcastle United take on uh, Aston Villa at St James's Park. Uh, we already have two tips in the house, uh, but we always like to hear from two Stattle first.
how are you lads? We play Villa at home tomorrow. So far we've played 50 times in the Premier League with Newcastle winning 23 and Villa winning 13. So we have the upper hand. Now, Newcastle is on a run of 13 games unbeaten against Villa in the Premier League. It's the longest run against any opposition. And actually Aston Villa have won only twice at St. James's Park in the Premier League. Both times Newcastle had people sent off. Back in 99, when Jura Areni sent off Schiller, and back in 2005 in April, when famously we had three players sent off, Steven Taylor, and I cannot recall why did Lee Boyer and Kieran Dar get sent off for. When it comes to the last games at St. James's Park, peculiar enough, Newcastle have scored only one goal in their last seven games in the Premier League, with seven different goal scorers, Kieran Trippier being the last one last season. Now, we have the meanest defense, everybody knows this, 10 conceded goals in 12 games. At the same time, Callum Wilson is on fire, but he hasn't scored in six Premier League games against Aston Villa. He's the only opposition that he has played so many times in the Premier League and he hasn't scored a goal. If Newcastle win tomorrow, it will be the fifth win of the month, which will equalize their record from April 2006. And this can also be our 18th victory for calendar year 2022. What a fantastic year this has been. The last calendar year that we've achieved actually similar number of wins or more was back in 2002 when we won 20. So see you tomorrow at St. James's Park, lads. Howie. I loved his little arty shot at the end. He was really proud yeah. of that. Uh, well done, Andre. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow, mate. I hope you enjoyed the trip. Uh, he's just sent us a photograph, actually, in the WhatsApp group, NUFC Matters WhatsApp group of uh, uh, all the centenary shirts that he's bought for his mates back home. So uh, fantastic. He always has a good time when he's here. But he might be in the uh, he might be in the chat tonight, uh, Borough Mag, Toon Tipster. Uh, but I do like to play his music. <laughs> Over to you, Joe. Thank you, sir. So straight into the prices uh, tonight. Uh, I've been really busy at work, so I've had no time to come up with a nonsense script. You'll all be pleased to know. So. Uh, Straight into the prices then for our home game against Newcastle United rejects. The Euro hunting mags are massive favourites to win the game are just under evens. The draw is a huge 11 to 4, and Villa a 7 to 2. If you think they'll be an away win, both teams to score is very well fancied at 4 to 5. 1 0 Newcastle, 7 to 1, 2 0, 8 to 1. And a penman is 16 to 1. If you think it'll be a draw, nil-nil, 10 to 1. One's each, 13 to 2. And two's each is 16 to 1. And if Villa are going to win 1-0, you can have 12 to 1. And if they're going to win 2-0, you can have 22 to 1. So it's really clear to see where the bookies think your money should be going. In terms of the goal scorers, Callum Wilson is favourite to score any time in the match at seven to five. The best player on earth at the moment, Miguel Almiron, is nine to two to continue his wonder goal strikes. And we, the, the, the we're all due a goal gang of Big Joe, Little Joe, Murphy, and everybody else in the middle of the park are all around four, five, six to one. 
There's a player, though, playing tomorrow who I quite like, and he's very effective in front of goal, and that's Danny Ings. And if you think he'll get a consolation for Villa, there you can get just over three to one for that. So keep an eye on that one. £108 in the food bank pot this week. And I'm going to go back to basics. Last week, I chanced my arm with Sven Botman. And although he was player of the match, uh, <coughs> strike on goal. So we'll go with Joe uh, with, with Callum Wilson at 7-5 and Big Joe to get booked at 11-4. And finally, in terms of the Super 6, it is the final Super 6 of the month tomorrow. Uh, your predictions are open until kickoff, but make sure you get them in nice and early. Stephen Thompson has flown to the top of the league with 163 points, which is very, very good. But he's only ahead by two points. There's only a two-point gap between Stephen and the person who's in fifth place. So it's all to play for. In terms of manager of the month, that's going right to the wire. Maureen Stobart is still leading the way by five points from Jack Railton on 78 and Robert Spires on 77. So good luck, you lot. And whatever you do, make sure you get more points than Julie Baker, because she's hot on your heels, and we can't have her being manager of the month, I'll be honest. Bet safely, everybody. Please don't chase your losses, and look after your money. Try to be unbiased. I want Julie to win. I don't. So do I. So do I. Shut <laughs> <laughs> up, you. Shut up, Mozart or Julie, uh, they're doing well. Uh, Mozart or Julie, right. The women are doing well, well done. Okay, Newcastle take on Aston Villa uh, tomorrow, three o'clock, uh, three o'clock kickoff. Uh, the game is a sellout, of course, and uh, Aston Villa haven't recorded a win at St James's Park since the 3 0 loss um, that we suffered in 2005 that Andre mentioned. We go into this game unbeaten in our last seven Premier League home games. And uh, since he took over at St James's Park just twice, uh, we've lost just twice in 20 Premier League games at St James's Park. Uh, Eddie Howe this morning at the press conference uh, confirmed that Isaac, Darlow, Richie, Dummett are all still out. And uh, speaking uh, a little bit earlier today, he said that Elliot Anderson is fit again and that ASM, um, there will be a late call on him after training. Uh, looked Pretty much certain that he would probably be involved in some way, shape or form, though. Uh, as for the visitors, Kamara, Silva are both out. Uh, Augustinson and Digna are doubtful. Uh, and as we know, Unai Emery will take a seat at uh, Aston Villa, but not until the 1st of November. Uh, Rumours that he may well be in the stand tomorrow <laughs> remain to be confirmed. Uh, Paul Tierney is the referee. And uh, we have Tony Harrington on VAR. Uh, don't forget... Uh, there are road closures. Uh, NUFC.com is the place to go for a bit of an update on the Strawberry Place, uh, Strawberry Lane closure, uh, of course. So just get yourself on NUFC.com to check out uh, your stuff uh, that you need to know if you're coming to the game tomorrow. Uh, OK, um, this is a big game for us, Keith, uh, because it's the next one. Um, and that's Eddie Howe's attitude. Um, this isn't about planning ahead. This isn't about... You know, saying we're going to go to Europe and this, that, and the other. Eddie Howe's taking it one game at a time, and this is a—it's another big test. Newcastle, um, yes, can go in with a bit of confidence, but any sign of overconfidence or complacency is getting stamped out. What are you expecting to see tomorrow? And give us your prediction as well. Um, when I went to Spurs, I, I was—I thought that we might. I don't know. The first four times they got through. We just seemed, they just seemed to cut us in half very quickly. Albeit, it was laughed off as being like long distance shots. But I mean, Son's shot just hit the, hit the roof of the net. 
So, so it was extremely close, and it felt like we were getting a little bit of a battering early on. But as quick as that happened, Newcastle took grip of the game. And I think what we're going to see tomorrow is a team that's more controlling from the start. I think we've got everything to lose. I think defensively we're rock solid. People question about Burnett left back. I think he's awesome. I think Botman's going to just grow. I think he's going to grow and grow and grow every week. I think the man is better than what we all think. I think he's going to be, you know, like the top, like Van Dyke levels. I think Botman's got all that. Um, and, I, and I think that tomorrow, whilst we'll dominate, I think we'll dominate in possession. And I think we'll dominate with the ball when you're defending. I think, I think that if we can get... I think ESM will come on the pitch at some stage. I think Anderson will come on. I say the two of them come on as subs. And I hope they come on when it's like 2-0 and just put the final nails in. Because how doesn't start people like Maxi when he doesn't need though? I think what he'll do is he'll play the same side. You know, The most change he'll get one. But I think he will use his subs more tomorrow. Um, I think I think we'll batter them. I don't think it'll be the crazy big score we all for. I think they're a good side. They had a good win last week. And you've got to remember, every single Villa player there tomorrow is is doing a, a cameo performance for his manager. You know, So there's nobody at Villa is not going to give a million percent. They're going to be working the knackers off to try and impress the manager. But despite all that, I think Newcastle will win 3-0. Um, and I think Botman will start again. And I think Bruno will have even fresher legs. So... God help you, Aston Villa. Great stuff. Okay, uh, what about you, Joe? Yeah, fantastic. And I, I genuinely hope you're right, Keith. Um, they had bounce, didn't they? They had that, well, not new manager bounce, but obviously they had a, let's get rid of the old manager yeah. who we didn't yeah. rate and, and, and weren't clearly weren't playing for. Um, and yes, that was a fantastic result last weekend. Um, I don't think they've won four corners, never mind scored four goals. Um, yeah. So, yes, they're going to be on it. Yes, if if Emery's there or if Emery's not there, they have a new manager essentially fighting for their places. Um, but that's enough about Aston Villa because actually this is about Newcastle United. And um, I I started the week on Monday's show uh, by saying I'm starting to get carried away and I can't help myself. Um, I'm, I said that Aston Villa ain't going to change that new manager or no new manager and I'm sticking by it I don't hear or see anything um, to, to to kind of suggest that it's you know certainly we're going to get beat that the bookies certainly don't think we're going to get beat um, so let's let's concentrate on what we're doing uh, whether it's Digna or whether it's um, Ashley Young let's keep giving the ball to Miggy Almiron and, and he'll he, you know he'll, he'll tear the, that full back a new one um, and you know <laughs> Well, Wilson got his goal. Wilson was due one um, and he scored a great goal. Lovely little gentle shoulder badge on the goalkeeper, wasn't it? And a beautiful finish. Um, so I think we've got everything going for us. We're fourth in the league. Uh, potentially, if we get a decent result, not only will we stay fourth, we'll go third. Uh, imagine that, watching match of the day. So Newcastle United will at least win 2-0 and it'll be as, as comfortable as you like. We've hit 300 likes. Well done, guys. Brilliant. Brilliant. 302. Uh, John, if you want to pick a winner, uh, please, uh, I'll leave that to you. And £80, the Peter Beersley shirt went for uh, on Twitter. So £80 at the food bank. Uh, I've uh, done the usual tweets to the food bank and Steve and John. Uh, so that's 2-0 uh, that uh, Joe reckons. Steve, what about you, mate? Uh, I think it'll be 2-0 as well. That, that was the score I was going to stick with. Some of us got it right last week as well, Steve. I didn't want to... 
remind people about that. But uh, you know, just stick my hands in the air. What the other two can sit there and write. Um, <laughs> but you know what? What I was going to say about Villa. All I'm going to say about Villa is they had the audacity to call us sob on the tain oh. when, when all they've done for the last what nine months under. Under Gerard is cry in the friggin' canal. That's all ah. they've done. Does your head in. Absolutely does your head in. Um, yes, they're going to have a new manager bounce. Yeah, no, they got the new manager bounce last week when they got rid of the manager they didn't want. Now they're going to be they're going to be sitting there going, oh, now I'm going to have to show myself. You know what? Couldn't care less. Newcastle United, as Joe said, is what we're concentrating on. Um, they are they haven't been playing well, Villa, but. That, that's incidental. We have been playing very, very well. We dominated that game last week. I'm expecting the same. We've we've got a we've had a fantastic record. Um, Eddie Howe's done remarkable. The squad, the team, the morale that we have, the teamwork, the camaraderie, and for those and I, I when I was. Just coming in, I'm sorry to everybody being late tonight, but uh, circumstances just overtook us. Um, but one of the things people were asking was, what does Graham Jones do? Graham Jones brings that camaraderie. Graham Jones works behind the scenes solidly, working day in, day out, hour in, hour out, on the training pitch with those lads. He knows what's in their head, he knows what's not in their head, and he knows what to put into their head. That's what Graham Jones does. Then he sits upstairs and he analyses the game as it goes and he sends the messages down. That's the work that he does. And that's one of the reasons why, as a really, really good coach, and we saw it with, with England in the Euros when he was helping uh, out uh, Gareth Southgate, we've seen the difference when, when he wasn't with Southgate and how much Southgate struggled. That's that's the Graham Jones for me. But getting back to tomorrow, 2-0, a dominating performance. We ride on the crest of the wave that we're already going and we kick them back into the canal and, boy, will we enjoy it. How are you, the lads? Away the lads, uh, Mitch. Last but by no means least, uh, as as has been requested, uh, you need to roll the dice and then you need to make a prediction, mate. So uh, over to you. Right, I'll get the dice rolled first. I know. Well, it's straight up. The dice has come up with two nil, <laughs> and that's actually what I've also got written down. Michelle. There you go. So a clean sweep. Um. I think the challenge we've got is we don't know what's turning up. Villa are like Forrest Gump's box of chocolates, aren't they? <laughs> they painfully weren't playing for Gerard. You can't tell me that Tyrone Means could not have cleared that one goal that he scored. They'd given up. And that raises questions about the characters in the dressing room. Yes, they've had a nice little, little party because he went. Now they've got somebody coming in that they've got to show themselves for. Well, are they really up for that? But bearing in mind, the company St. James's Park and cope with us, they've got to play better than they did last weekend by a factor of 50%. Have they got that in them? Have they got the wherewithal in them? Have they got the togetherness? Do they care? They, they seem like a very selfish bunch of individuals who don't play as a team when it makes up their mind. And so um, I would actually personally love to see them put the sword and stick four up high past them. But I don't think we will. Um, I think there's... The, there's too much there to do that. Um, but if we get into them early, you never know, I suppose. But it's about us. We we only focus on us. The only thing we can control is us. The only thing we can influence is us. And if we turn up with the right attitude that we've had in every previous game, with the right energy that we've had in every previous game, and do the basics right, we've got more than enough in the locker to turn that team over, even playing on our best of days. 
And again, that's not arrogance. That's just stats and facts. Brilliant stuff. Well, I'm going 3-1, lads. Uh, I think uh, Ooh, Villa will Edmund. score. Uh, but I do think Newcastle can uh, have got more than enough to beat the uh, sub on the day in Brigade and send them packing. So, yeah, I think it's going to be another happy weekend. And it's a happy weekend for Julie because I haven't forgotten to do Troll of the Week this week. <laughs> It's a new one. This um, it's it's like a cute tech feel to it. Thanks, Bullfrog. Cue ball heed. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Original, uh, and that's what gets you into the troll of the week. All right. Thanks very much, everybody. Great night as always. Thanks to Andre. Thanks to Steve. Thanks to Joe. Thanks to Mitch. Thanks to Keith. Thanks to you lot out there. Uh, 600 plus watching again tonight. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Thanks to John from QTech for all his work and all the moderators. I don't want to pick anybody out. You're all brilliant. Thanks. Been a great show. Have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the football tomorrow. How are you, the lads? Uh, and I'll be back in the morning, 10.30 with pre-match patter. Take care, guys. Yeah. Have a good day, everyone. Bye. <laughs>